Welcome back to our programming and thank you for listening in to 360 Talk Radio for Women. And today, you know, we're talking about being bold. This is a station for women by women and there's always the need to empower ourselves, each other, and take a look around and take opportunities to be bold. So I'm Lori Carice, and this is the Be Bold Empower Hour for Women Entrepreneurs. As a solo um, entrepreneur myself for more than 13 years, I've learned that you don't get anywhere unless you're willing to take risks. Sometimes those risks pay off, of course, and sometimes they don't and just become busy work. As a solo entrepreneur, if anybody else can relate, that busy work is always tedious, often resented. And I've decided to kind of theme my year in 2022 after a long couple of years, as we all have had, to be bold, not hold back. And I urge you ladies to do the same in making bold moves, to stand out, to build your dream, and be empowered. Take charge. COVID-19 has taken a lot away from a lot of people, and we all have to step up to take charge and reclaim our lives. And that means also often rebuilding our businesses. So today I have with me Barbara Fonte, certified master coach, and um, I'd love for her to introduce herself. And she's also going to speak on positive intelligence. So welcome, Barbara. Hi, Lori. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Barbara Fonte. And yeah, I'm a business coach and a sales coach and a life coach. And usually it's a combination of all three. Uh, and I've been an entrepreneur for 25 plus years, I guess it is. So um, learned a lot along the way. And I'm excited to share a lot with you. And in particular, the framework of what Lori mentioned, which is called positive intelligence. It is so powerful. Um, it's We're going to talk about positive intelligence and what is meant by mental fitness. And I'm going to share with you some things that you can take and put into action immediately after this, um, which could really change your whole trajectory. So I'm really, really excited about that. Thank you, Lori, for having me today. And I want to just um, start by talking about what I've learned as a coach in particular, and some of you, this may um, resonate with you. And that is that often when I am with someone, I'm trying to determine what they really want. And so I might ask somebody, you know, what, what do you really want? And sometimes people know immediately what they want in their life or in their career or, or just overall. Um, and sometimes they don't. So by the time we take the time to really unpack that, uh, peel back the layers and find out what is really meaningful to someone authentically for their life, for their business, for their relationships, in their community, their legacy, their finances, all of this. And then we sort of try to get a sense of what it's going to be like when they reach all those goals. And what's that going to feel like? And the answers that I get from people are somewhat varied, but they generally come back to one thing. And that is that it's going to feel some sense of freedom. That when we reach our goals, we're going to feel free. We're going to feel lighter. That might include financial freedom, um, freedom from worrying about my kids, um, freedom from the stress or from the shame or freedom from feeling like maybe I'm not good enough. 
freedom from worry about the future, some shape or form of it. And what I love about positive intelligence is that it helps give you that freedom now. You don't have to wait to the end of your journey or the end of your life to feel that way. And some people never get to that. You know, they're always like uh, feeling, well, I'll feel okay when this happens, when this happens, when this happens. And what we're talking about today is not having to wait for that last when, which unfortunately some people they never get there. So um, positive intelligence is a great framework that you can use in your life and in your business to help you reach your goals and do so with more ease and flow. And a lot of what I'm gonna share with you today is um, some research, which is a combination of performance science and neuroscience and positive psychology and cognitive behavioral therapy and all kinds of great things that have been synthesized um, and if you're interested in, there's a great book called Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Shamin, and he did synthesize all of this work. And basically what they found in studying, oh, it's probably close to a million now, people from around the globe, including top CEOs, uh, Ivy League grad students, world-class athletes, people in some type of sales or business growth role, tech teams, and just people like you and me from around the world. What they found is that only 20% of people reach their full potential. Only 20%. What do you guys think of that? Lori, does that strike you as uh, right on track or surprising at all? Mm no, 20%. And so, yeah, I mean, tell me more a little bit about that. But yeah. I, I'm not all that surprised. Okay. Yeah, you know, my first thought when I read that was, am I in the 80% or the 20%? Where am I? What's going on? And so, um, you know, the question is, okay, so how come some people reach their full potential and some people don't? And, um, and what they found, what can we learn from those people that do reach their full potential. And one of the things that we learn is that people that reach their full potential and live their life with more happiness and have more productive relationships and careers and have better health outcomes and live longer lives and sell more, have better products. What they found is that they are very good at doing a couple things. And number one is quieting those negative voices that are in their head. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And um, there are three potential core muscles of your brain that you can exercise through what we call the use of mental fitness so that we can make sure that we are in that 20% and that we are living our best life unencumbered by things that hold us back consciously or subconsciously. And so to really first thing I think it's important to do is kind of unpack where we might be at at this point. And I know there are a lot of um, entrepreneurs like me and you, Lori, uh, that are out there listening. And there are very specific challenges that you can have in that space. You know, we, we come to this space of being a business owner, usually from a place of passion. We've got a product that we're excited about that we want other people to use or get excited about. We have a service that we know we want to share and could make people's lives better. Often it, we do come to this space from a place of serving. And then along our path, we find that there are challenges that can kind of wreck with that 
passion. And so that might include feeling a little bit like you need to be an octopus, you know, you need to do all of these different things. You know, I'm, I am in product development and I'm also the head of the sales department and accounting and all of these kinds of things that can make us feel like we're just multitasking 24 seven. We also find in this space that this is a journey that is filled with uncertainty. And it's a space where we might feel ungrounded and that doesn't feel great for most people. It can kind of mess with us. It, it might challenge our faith in the process and our faith in ourselves. And that's a breeding ground for negative voices and questions and, and feeling like an imposter, for example, can come out really, really strongly. And it's also a space that if you didn't anticipate this ahead of time, you find pretty quickly that if you are in business, you are in the business of sales. And that's a space that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. They may have never done that before. Um, there are a lot of people who don't even like the word sales. It feels almost like a dirty word. And so there's resistance there. And there are a lot of inner voices that can come out. And we may fill our day with everything but what we need to do because we're resistant to that. And the truth is that there are some businesses that are not going to make it. But there are businesses that will survive. And in fact, there are businesses that will thrive. And in all three of those particular situations, there are similar types of challenges. So what is the difference between your business thriving or collapsing? And the answer is you. You are the X factor and mental fitness is gonna help you thrive. So it's really, really important. A lot of people spend a lot of time and money trying to get the best tactics and strategies and and you know learning a lot of things and taking a lot of courses and, and that's great that's important but that's not the most important thing that's not the most important thing and i can tell you because a lot of people do come to me particularly in for sales help and they're you know they need to put some things in place they need some systems in place they need some strategies they need to learn what it means to close a deal and, and how do you even open up a conversation and so forth. The reality is what is most impactful are not necessarily those strategies. It's what's going on in your head and in your heart. That is the difference between you actually taking action and not taking action and how you show up to take action in your life. And if you're not an entrepreneur, this still applies to you in how you show up in your life. And do you show up with the highest level of confidence and, um, and excitement and passion and so forth. So let's just jump right in. <laughs> so the first thing I wanna tell you about, and this can be, by the way, if you're a visual person like me, it can be really helpful to think of your brain as having two very distinct parts. And you can think about it like there's a line from the middle of your forehead at the top of your head, all the way to the back, to the middle of the back of your neck. And on one side, you have what we call our saboteur brain. And that's where that negative emotion, that negative energy resides. On the other side is what we call the sage brain. And that's where all the good stuff happens. That's where we take action on things. That's where we're not questioning our value and we're just moving forward. And we come to the world from a place of clarity and focus and so many other wonderful, wonderful untapped powers of our brain reside in the sage brain. So let's talk first about the, the saboteur brain. And the first thing we wanna be very good at and exercise is a muscle that's called our interceptor, our saboteur interceptor. And so that's important because there, we all have these certain patterns of thinking and behaving that affect our results. And they are patterns of thinking that 
may have served us in the past, but are holding us back now and maybe wrecking with our well-being now. Everybody has saboteurs. It uh, doesn't matter who you are, uh, top CEOs, everybody has saboteurs. The question is, how loud are these voices that are controlling our behaviors? And so the top saboteur, the one that I want to talk about first, which is what we call our master saboteur, is our inner judge. We all have that inner judge. And that judge will speak to us in three different areas of our life. Our judge might be judging other people. Do you judge other people? You know, you pass someone on the street, do you make judgments about them? Probably. Uh, we judge circumstances. Something happens and we think this is good, this is bad, this is what's going to happen, this is going to be terrible. My child brought this person home as their, you know, their new love interest and oh my gosh, this is horrible, look at this person. Um, and in addition to judging others and circumstances, we judge ourselves, don't we? We say things to ourselves consciously and unconsciously. And some of our judges are not very nice. They can beat us up. Some people have very strong negative inner judges. I have one friend who calls that her inner mean girl, um, but you can label it. Give your inner judge a name, Darth Vader, mean girl. When my kids were a little bit younger and I would sort of come at them when I didn't like something they were doing and I would challenge them, they would say, uh-oh, here comes Esther. So my inner judge is Esther. Um, so the idea is now I want you to look for your inner judge. I want you to be a detective in your life and start thinking about where is this, where is this judge active? Am I judging myself? Am I judging other people? Am I judging circumstances? Um, am I saying to myself, I'm, I'm too thin, I'm too thick, I'm too tall, I'm too short. My nose is too big, my nose is too small. I'm not smart enough. Oh, that thing I just said on Clubhouse, people are gonna think I'm so stupid. Um, you know, all of these things, we beat ourselves up. These are not accurate uh, words and messages that we're giving ourselves. And when I tell people that, they're like, well, I don't know, Barbara, I think the judge is right. And, and I wanna tell you, I want to challenge you on that if you're thinking that. And here's why. And this really, it's important to understand where these messages are coming from so we can understand why they are not accurate. And so real quick, just want to give you like a little quick kind of human history physiology lesson, because <clears throat> I think it's really powerful. And that is that um, humans, in order to survive thousands and thousands of years, we had to have certain mechanisms within us so that our, our race, our species, could survive. And so we have this thing in the back of our brain. It's called our survival instinct. It's called, it's part of what they used to call the limbic system. Some people refer to a certain area called the amygdala. So if you may, if you're in that space, you may have um, heard these, these terms. But basically, this is a part of your brain that is wired to look for danger. Look for danger and err on the side of caution look for the worst case scenario. And it served, it served people, humans, thousands and thousands of years ago. Think about it. They're running around the forest, right? Living amongst all kinds of other species. You know, if you're walking in the forest and you hear some movement, something rustling in the leaves, and you see maybe part of a lion or a tiger or something, it, it was a good idea to err on the side of caution and get the heck out of there. Don't wait to see whether it was going to be a kind and friendly animal, right? Otherwise, you might not survive. Well, okay, fast forward. We don't have those same predators, but maybe we have other predators. We certainly do. And um, if you think about your brain now looking for danger, I want you to think about a couple different things. 
Number one, what happens when you turn on the news? What happens when you go to social media? Don't we see a lot of negative images? Don't we get a lot of images in our culture that are designed to make us fearful, to make us worry about things? Can't we get caught up in that? Yes, of course we can. That makes that part of our brain hyperactive, hypersensitive. Many of us were brought up in cultures and in homes and in societies where there was a sense of scarcity, where we might have gotten message like, oh my gosh, you better be careful. Uh, if you don't work hard enough, you're not going to have enough money. You can't retire. You're going to be homeless. Um, you can't go to school. Your kids can't go to school. You're not going to put food on the table. You better be this or that or this or that or nobody's going to love you. And after all, there's only so many chances that you have. And so there's all these like fears that, that we have. And as a result, you know, we interact in our day coming from a place of fear and stress and anxiety and, and shame and so forth. And so all of these things interact with that part of our brain and make it hypersensitive. So that when we get into situations that might challenge us in particular, and uh, areas that might we, we know might cause us a little stress, there's some discomfort there, that inner judge is going to come out. And it's going to come out really, really strong. So I want you to look for it and listen for it, you know, and label it. If you hear yourself, if you, if you sense a message that, oh my gosh, you're not good enough, or you can't do this, I want you to label that and say, oh, there's that judge. That's not necessarily me. That's the judge. It's a hyperactive judge. And the power of doing that is that once you start labeling saboteurs, they start losing their power. They start quieting down. And the trick is to do it on a consistent basis. That's why we call this mental fitness. You know, if you wanted to uh, build a muscle in your body, I don't know, let's say you want stronger biceps or shoulder muscles, you're not going to go to the gym or you're not going to lift a weight just one time, are you? You're going to do it on a consistent basis. And that's what mental fitness is. We want to be mentally strong to deal with these challenges. So look, I want you guys to please be a detective in your life and notice where your judge is the strongest and when your judge is the strongest. Hey, Barbara, I'm wondering if we can actually do an exercise in the room on that. You know, there, we, we've got yeah. a couple of ladies in the lounge that actually might jump in because I'm, I'm sitting here making notes. I mean, of course, I, I don't want to interrupt your actual discussion, but if you don't mind, I, I can't, I'm so stuck in my head right now on naming my inner judge. Um, yeah. I know what she looks like. I need a name for her, but I actually also want to reframe it because you know, I'm very tough on myself. And I am told even by friends and family, you know, you are so hard on yourself. People don't look at you this way. Only you do this to yourself. And then we had our retreat in November. And during our retreat, we actually even had a therapy session. It was like a life balance session. Of course, I take that opportunity to cry and have my meltdown. And, um, you know, my takeaway was that I need to give myself grace. Oh, yeah. And it's okay yeah. to have these hot mess moments, right? And long lasting, even whether it's business, personal life, dealing with pandemic, uh, family, everything. So I'd really love to not only judge my or name my inner critic, but also always invite grace to, to like relieve me my savior. Um, because if I need to give myself grace, what a perfect name for her, right? 
but I, I'm sitting here like, who's my mean girl? Maybe I'll just call her mean girl. I can think of three of them from middle school, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, you know, talking about your 20%, I'm also wondering if that also has to do with juggling and also facing tasks that you just can't do as a, as an entrepreneur, you were talking about, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you're in sales, that's not a right fit for everybody being a salesperson, you have to find a way where it does work for you. But it's not for everybody. Um, and I know you are definitely the expert in that in that area. Do you want to see if Leslie and Latanya want to open their mic and we can do a little exercise on the inner judge? Or do, do you want to move on and go back to that? You know, I, I can go in either direction. Um, I love the idea of stopping and doing some exercises. Um, so I'd love, yeah, I'd love Leslie and Latanya. Um, we'd love to have you up here and, uh, and have you add to the conversation. Hey, Leslie, how are you? Wonderful. I'm getting my Zen moment walking the beaches of New Jersey. So hopefully you guys can hear me. I'm sorry if there's uh, too much distraction. I can hear you. Perfect. Absolutely. So Leslie, do you have a name for your inner judge? No, I've done a lot of work through programs I've done in the past, just trying to figure out who, who am I, what makes me tick, you know, that self-sabotage, the all of that. And um, I've come into my own and I just feel very empowered. I just feel like after 56 years of walking along, I just feel like I'm finding the new restored woman that has a voice and is and just feels really powerful at this point in my life. So I guess the stars, the stars are lining up. I don't know, but I just feel really good in this point of my life. I'm going to interrupt just one moment though. Um, let's say we are having a hard time hearing you. And since we're on the radio, I, I might ask you to just hold your mic a little closer. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay. Perfect. But I, I think we did catch that, but just for you know, listener purposes. I want to make sure that people can actually hear you. So do you want to respond, Barbara? Yeah, I, I love that, Leslie. And congratulations to you. I think that's wonderful. And I also, uh, Lori, you brought up um, a really good point, you know, okay, so I, what can I do about this? You know, I need to give myself some grace. I want to give myself some grace. Um, and like so many people, you know, you, you did mention a very strong judge. And one of the things that can be really powerful is getting back to who you were as a small child, as a, as a young girl, you know, um, interacting the world before the world took over and told you, um, you need to be this, or you should be this, or you're not this, and, and all those judging feelings that came. And it can be really helpful if you go and you try to find a picture of yourself as a young person and keep that nearby. And ask when that judge comes out, you know, what would you tell that little child in that same situation? Because we're good at beating ourselves up, but when we think about young children, we sort of, we have a little bit more compassion. And that's the same compassion that we need for ourselves now, regardless of our age. Self-compassion, empathy, empathy for others and empathy for ourselves. You know, compassion without self-compassion is not, there's nothing. So does that make sense, Lori? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I just keep going back to that, you know, you're toughest on yourself and you, and you, you really need to give yourself that grace and, and try to reframe it. And I think that's a, a new approach for me all the time now, especially, you know, with the pandemic. And I, I feel like the last, you know, year and a half or so and approaching two years is all about 
been about the disease and now it's about the economy and the struggles. Mm. And I try to just look at everything as reframing it. What existed before does not exist in the future. And that's all about business practices as well. All the business practices that I, you know, learned to adapt to previously, I'm reframing everything. And with that also comes my mindset. And that's a huge freedom and a huge open door if you allow it to be. Yeah, I love that. If you allow it to be. Absolutely. And you know, what's really interesting about this type of work too. Um, it, and if you have a strong judge, you might be like, oh, this is just the way I am. It's just the way I'm wired and so forth. And that's not necessarily true either. You know, the good news is that you can rewire your brain so that that strong judge does quiet down. Uh, this work has been has been um, researched and tested, and they found that when people practice this type of mental fitness, that after six or seven weeks, they can see the changes on in their brain on fMRI imaging, which is powerful. And you just mentioned a number of circumstances, Lori, and I'm wondering for everyone in the room and everyone listening, you know, are there situations that you judged at one point that turned out differently, maybe turned out better, maybe something that you had hoped for didn't happen, but that was okay. There was some kind of a gift there, right? Maybe things turned out even better than you expected, or you got a gift, a gift of inspiration to move in a different direction or knowledge to do things differently next, next time. I do. I'm actually living one of those right now. Um, I run family events and really, you know, torn up through COVID-19 because of no group group gatherings. Um, and then when you can gather, you know, I rely on business participation. A lot of them are closing their doors or just not staffed. So when I plan my 2022 events, I usually do this, you know, I submit my calendar in like October, it gets approved and I start running with my spring events. I had a huge delay, didn't understand why my venues were pulling back. It was really frustrating. That's you know, time is money, right? When I can plan an event, I'm generating revenue and they're kind of holding back my revenue stream when, when they're not giving me an approval. And then when we did finally approve them, they removed my first three events. They said, you know, COVID impact right now, it's just not a good idea. I, I wasn't real surprised, but I did. Ex I, I expected them to maybe cancel my first two March events, but not taking me all the way to the end of April. That was really a setback. And while I left my conversation pretty deflated, I mean, deflated, um, I looked at some new venues. I'm like, I can still do this. I'm in charge of my revenue. I'm in charge of my business. I'm not letting somebody else take control. And I searched out some new venues. And honestly, I think the relationships are going to be better. I think the locations are going to be better. Um, the budget isn't, you know, I mean, actually, I'm having to spend a little bit more, but you get out of things what you put into them. And because of the appeal of the new venue that, yes, I'm paying a little bit more for the rental, I've actually just brought in three new clients that I've never spoken to before because they're actually drawn to the new location and the new content. So while I was really deflated in my conversation about my old routine coming back, that habit that I was forced to break made me open up and look at something new. And with that is coming new business. So there you go. 
Yeah, big gift there for you. Love that. Yeah, so so many times this happens, doesn't it? We just don't know. And so there's this whole idea of who knows what is good or bad. It reminds me of um, there's a story, an old Tao uh, story called, uh, I think it's called the stallion story. Some people call it the farmer story. I don't know if anyone's heard it. I'm just going to quickly, quickly tell you, take me just about a minute because I think it's powerful. And um, I keep this in mind in my house. I'll tell you what we do with this. But there's this quick story. There's this farmer. And he takes his, they have a, the big country fair in his town and he takes his prize stallion or his favorite stallion to, to the fair and it wins first prize. And so the townspeople come up to the farm and they say, wow, this is great. This is so good. You must be so happy. How wonderful. And with that, he turns to the people and he says, well, who knows what is good or bad? And so the next day, the you know, townspeople are kind of scratching their head. That's a weird response. But the next day, word of this prize stallion gets to the gets over to the next town over, and there are some bad people. So in the middle of the night, they come and they steal the stallion. Now, when the townspeople hear about this, they go to the farm and they said, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is bad. This is so bad. You must be upset. And he responds, who knows what is good or bad? You see, that stallion was really smart. And so it found its way out of the corral in, in the um, the robber's corral and comes back to the farmer and brings some extra horses with it, some mares. And of course, the, the you know, the, you know, the, story, the townspeople come over. This is great. Look at this. And the farmer says, well, who knows what is good or bad? You see, he had his son go and try to break in uh, one of those extra horses, which is, you know, you have to teach them how to ride with someone or allow someone to ride them. And the son got thrown off and he broke his legs. Who knows what is good or bad? You see, there was a war that was breaking out. And so the government came around to the town and they knocked on doors and they wanted every able-bodied young man or woman to come serve. But the son was spared because he had the broken legs. Who knows what is good or bad? Anyway, the story goes on and on and on. And you, you kind of get the gist. So in my house, when something we think is going to be stressful, you know, it happens or something with fear, we turn and we say, who knows what is good or bad? Because you really don't know, do you? And that's one way to sort of quiet down some of those negative voices and switch to that more clear-headed sage brain. Uh, my my term is always, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> you just accept it and you move on and you work with it, right? So this is the kind of, same kind of thing. I don't know if this is good. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's bad. It is what it is. You work with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It is. It, and that, you know what? That's so true because there are things just happen. They're not good or bad. They And they're they're nothing. They just are things that happen. The value or the fear or the happiness are just what we attach to it. It's never the thing that's the problem. It's what we think about the thing that's the problem, right? So I love that, Lori. Thank you. Um, and welcome, Jennifer. And if uh, you or Latanya would love to come up to the stage, um, we are uh, happy to hear all voices and hear everyone's contribution to what we're talking about today, which is positive intelligence and how you can live your best life and be bold. And we just mentioned the, the major saboteur voice, which is the judge. Hey, Jennifer, welcome. Yeah, I might Please. call mine Judge Judy. Isn't she pretty snarky? She is. <laughs> She's a tough broad, that Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> so my inner judge might be that, because I want to remember that she's very judgmental. She's very snarky. And I'm going to bring in Grace to save me. And yeah, I like that. So Jennifer wasn't really here for that part of the conversation, but I do want to welcome her to the mic. I want to remind anybody who does pop up, we are here on 360 Talk Radio for Women. So this is your consent to be recorded and be on 
on air. If you knowingly have a poor connection or a lot of outside uh, distractions, you know, please do not open up your mic, maybe just flash to say hello. And we may actually uh, move you back down to the audience. So please, no offense. That's just uh, our way of keeping a, a semi-clean audio reel here for the radio station. But yeah, Barbara, you want to ask uh, Jennifer about who her Judge Judy, what her Judge Judy looks like? <laughs> Yeah, Jennifer, please, uh, please feel free to un unmute yourself and add to the conversation. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Um, yeah, just popping on and, and starting to listen. I've been a uh, crazy busy morning this morning, but uh, fabulous. Um, and just really making some cool connections that sort of have been popping out of the blue, honestly. Um, and I think that does come from this place I've been in my life maybe for the last two months where I'm really focusing on what I do say to myself, uh, how I do treat myself, like what's my brain telling me? And I, I think just from my little snippet of being able to listen in that that is kind of what you're talking about today. Is that, is that right? Yes, absolutely. We're talking okay. about the inner voices. I'm sorry. <clears throat> I have a little scratchy voice all of a sudden. Yes, the inner voices. And I was just talking about the stallion story. I don't know if you were in um, in the room for that, but I know you are uh, in the equine area. So hopefully you heard that. Um, I don't think I caught that part, um, but um, I'd love to hear it. I don't know if it's too, too much to say it again, or we can connect um, off of here. It looks like my connection might be a little bit spotty, but um, I have actually been um, focused on using a program with a business coach and using neuro tools. And so I am, and they're specifically for women in business. And it just like immediately translates, of course, into personal because it's, you know, what we're saying to ourselves every day and, and just changing up that, just changing that mindset up a little bit, you know, like, um, the word overwhelm, for example, you know, like this might give you a place to sort of, um, jump off from with me and it's um instead of like feeling that overwhelm just just saying oh hi overwhelm like you're here again oh great you know like I mean we all have something in our life that sort of feels that way almost every day because we're so busy and juggling so many things and loving life and being active and trying to be healthy and strong and um, just that little mind shift of seeing overwhelm as not inside of me but outside of me and I can just say, oh, great, you're here again and sort of talk to myself and say, so what is it that's, you know, here that's that's making that feel that way? And then it sort of helps me categorize like, oh, well, maybe I can do this piece later and I don't have to do that right now along with the other five things that I'm doing. Um, so it's just been a really great tool to, to plug into. And I think, you know, we don't have to be doing um, coaching or programs. You know, there's so many things just even like on YouTube where you can put meditation in your in your ears or, you know, listen to Dr. Joe Dispenza or Abraham or, you know, just all of these things that like set you into that vortex of uh, positive thinking. Um, so that's kind of what I've been up to. And, and it's working because uh, it's interesting how it just naturally changes your vibration and different things start coming your way and you start seeing things a little bit differently, kind of conscious of different things in your life and um, different people start sort of being more attracted uh, to who you are and what you're doing just because of your, your personality is just a little bit, maybe a little bit lighter, a little bit happier, or, you know, something like that. But 
Thanks so much for having me. And I'm Jennifer and I'm done speaking. See, Jennifer is really good at the whole reframing also. And Barbara, I always look for a key takeaway. I'm almost afraid out of today's um, uh, content, what my key takeaway is going to be that I have like imaginary play dates, you know, or imagine imaginary playmates, because Jennifer was talking about overwhelm. Well, overwhelm is my hot mess, evil twin, you know, so now I'm going to walk through the day and I've got my evil twin. I've got the judge, Judy, I've got grace. So, um, yeah, but they do say people with imaginary playmates are the most intelligent and creative people. So there you go. I'm going to take that away and I'm going to pat myself on the back with that one. Right. <laughs> I, I love that, Lori. And just be careful of Judy as your playmate. There. Oh, no, <laughs> you, no, you no. Yeah, no, no, no. She, she's, she's the snarky one that I've got to, you know, get in check. That's right. And I, and Jennifer, I love what you added to the conversation. It's so powerful and, and so true. And when you mentioned overwhelm and leaving it outside of you and you labeled it, that's exactly what we were talking about when you came into the room was that label it, you know, those voices, that's not necessarily you. Um, there's usually some kind of a lie that's attached to them. And, um, and we were talking before, I just want to kind of reset things just for a moment. We were talking about being a detective and looking for those voices. You know, some people are on different, um, different points of their journey of self-discovery and self-awareness. And so for people that might just be starting this uh, practice and starting to look and listen for those voices and, and those feelings, um, if you don't hear them, think about your body and what's going on in your body. Some people are better at discovering that these things reside in them physically. Like sometimes people say, I don't know what's going on, but I have this pit in my stomach. I don't, you know, something just doesn't feel right. Um, me personally, I hold a lot of stress in my chest area. So sometimes I can feel like tightness. I feel that stress in there. Some people it's their neck and some people there's just generally, you know, something is just doesn't feel right. So you mentioned mindfulness, Jennifer, and that's a really powerful tool here in sort of quieting things down so that you can hear and you can feel these things. And when you hear those voices or you feel that something's wrong, there's usually some type of a lie that we're telling ourselves to bring on that negative emotion. So start to become aware of that is really, really helpful. Now, I mentioned the inner judge. But the inner judge doesn't usually walk alone. Walk alone. There are usually some accomplice patterns of thinking, accomplice saboteurs, if you will. And I'm going to name a couple of them. And, and I know that um, some of the people listening and in this room here, um, some of these are going to resonate with you. You might say, oh, I recognize that in myself or, oh, that's my mother or that's this person I work with and so forth. So let me mention a couple of them. And when I mention them, I just um, I want to go back to something that I mentioned earlier, which is that a lot of these patterns of thinking, which affect our behavior and our results, came about at some point in our life, um, very often it's when we're young, and we're trying to navigate the environment we're in, um, our homes, our, our lives, um, even if it's the most nurturing type of family dynamic, we're trying to navigate that. And so we try to find things that work. And so we find things that work for us then. And so we repeat them and they become our go-tos and those neural pathways are really wide and really strong and they might not be serving us now. In fact, when I talk about some of these things, I'm going to mention these, some of these nasty characters. 
I will tell you that they'll hold you back. They'll hold you back from your full potential and they can wreck with your well-being and they bring on negative emotion or they feed off negative emotion. So I'm gonna take a quick sip of water and tell you. So <clears throat> first nasty character I wanna tell you about, we call the controller. Anybody identify with this? If you've got this controlling saboteur voice, it might tell you that you need to be in control and it's all or nothing. If you're not in control, you're either in control or you're out of control. And out of control is a place that you don't want to be. So you need to be in control. And after all, if you don't take control, nothing's going to get done. And the problem with that is that it takes a lot of negative energy to try to stay in control. And in reality, there's so much in life that we're, we're not in control of. So it beats us up. It beats us up. And if you've ever like uh, had somebody in your family that was a controller, um, or had a strong controlling voice. If you worked for someone or you worked in an environment where someone had a very strong controlling saboteur voice, you know that that can stint the progress and the successfulness of that dynamic, that family unit or that work situation. So controller is one saboteur voice. Here's another one, a pleaser. Who can identify with this? The pleaser saboteur tells us a lie that we have to go over and above and try to please everybody. Otherwise they might not like us. Um, other saboteur voices, there is a victim. Sometimes we feel, some people have a very strong victim voice that tells us life is not fair and everybody else gets all the breaks. I don't, it'll never work for me. I'm very sensitive, that's why I'm like this. And that can be very destructive um, and, and affects all of these things affect the people around us as well. I'll mention a couple others and then I'm going to mute and, and see um, what comes up for everyone or what they'd like to add to the conversation. Uh, let's see. What else? What else? We have hyperachievers. We've got a lot of hyperachievers on these platforms and listening in. So the hyperachiever voice tells us that we need to constantly achieve and that life is about achievement. And that's really where we generate our self-worth from. And we have to present this um, persona of ourselves as very successful. That's really, really important. And we might fear if people get too close to us, they might, they might discover that we're not as good as we present ourselves. And so there's a lot of stress in trying to constantly achieve. And the problem with that also is it's a lopsided way of looking at life. Life is about more than just achievement. And um, you're only as good as your, your most recent achievement. So the hyperachiever feels great when they achieve something. And then very quickly, it's like, uh-oh, I need to constantly achieve. And that's a lot of stress. So there are a couple, couple um, other saboteur critters. And I'm just going to ask Lori and Leslie and Jennifer and anyone else that would like to come up and add to the conversation. Do any of these resonate? Do you recognize them in yourself or, or other people that you've been around? I'm definitely a controller. Um, my mom would probably say when it comes to like my family events, I'm also a pleaser, but only because I, I ran a, my own trade show for many, many years. And Everybody could walk out there having such a wonderful day, all the vendors thrilled. And then I've got that one person that complained about something and I just like dwell on it. And that might've been me trying to please everyone, but also quickly recognizing you can't make everybody happy and that's their experience. You apologize for it and you move on. Um, so I think I've removed myself from being that pleaser. I need to stick with the vision and if I'm pleased and satisfied, then I am, I'm 
I cannot be responsible for other people's feelings. I'm never the victim. I don't feel, I mean, that whole, it's not fair. I mean, I've learned so many times, <laughs> so many times life is not fair. Oh, well, move on. Um, hyperachiever. I kind of almost look like, uh, feel like that's the shiny object syndrome. You're always chasing something new. So I try to follow new trends and get involved, but I don't try to do it all. That's kind of like social media. Am I on every platform? No, I stick to two that work. <laughs> um, being stable is something for me that I, I do grab onto. So I don't know that there's like a really a, a phrase in your, in your saboteur term, but um, maybe feeling unbalanced. So that that definitely is something I could lean into, uh, or or you know that's something I, I definitely feel in life. And maybe that's the whole single mom. Everybody, you know, I have people relying on me. And I don't have as much support. So yeah, the whole unbalance, I'd like to find that balance. I I, I can call her something. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on to somebody else. How about you, Leslie? If you're able to, if you're in a good audio space. Yes, yes. Um, hopefully you guys can hear me now. I'm just going to lower this. I, um, I would say as we have all grown and evolved for me, uh, it depends on um, like raising three boys. I used to be the happy-go-lucky pleaser person. Um, then I evolved into the drill sergeant, uh, the, you know, keeping everybody in line, the controller. Um, so I think as I navigated and shift gears, uh, resetting my GPS, I kind of wore a lot of hats. Um, I'm definitely, though, as a solopreneur, wanting to do it my way and knowing, just being in tune, what, uh, you know, what, how I want to navigate through my... Um, uh, career. So, uh, definitely, I think I've worn several hats. Yeah, that's a good point that it's not that, uh, you have only one or two saboteurs and they're the ones that are the demons all the time. These things can vary and, and, and some can come out in different parts of our life or for different challenges. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's really important to point out. Thank you, Leslie. Appreciate that. Um, okay. So there are other saboteurs and um, I, we don't really have the time to go through all of them. They're basically, if you think about the master being the judge, and then there are about nine other little critters. If you'd like to learn more about these um, or do deeper work, please, please reach out. I've got a great assessment that can identify what might be showing up for you most. And um, we do this work. We have a wonderful six-week program, which is a deeper dive to quiet those saboteur voices, to become aware of the lies that they are telling us that are causing that stress and holding us back from reaching our full potential and doing the things that we want to do and need to do. Um, so once we've identified these critters and we realize that there's, there's something that that's causing us that negative emotion and we label it, then it's a great idea to just stop for a moment. Stop. And I think Jennifer brought up mindfulness. So one of the things that we like to do with mental fitness and in the positive intelligence framework is to do these short 
some people call them meditations, but they're really mindful exercises that you can do basically anywhere. And that's the great part about it. You know, meditation is fantastic. A lot of people say to me though, Barbara, I don't have the time for that. I don't have 20 minutes. I don't have a quiet space. There's never a good time for me to do this. And the wonderful thing about the um, mindful exercises that we call, we call them PQ reps. Think about like, this is where you're, you're building your muscle, you're, you're lifting your weights, is that you can do it anywhere. And I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to share with everybody just a few examples of what you can do once you've identified these negative saboteurs and you want to quiet them down so that you can shift to a better place. So here are some ideas. Um, when you are sitting in your chair, let's say you're at your desk and you're stressed, you have to do something, you can close your eyes and breathe for two minutes. Or you can close your eyes and take two fingers and rub them against each other with such attention that you can feel the ridges and just focus on that. See what you can discover about the feeling of that, about the temperature of that. Take the fingers from one hand and run them down the hand, your other hand, up and down your other palm and fingers. See what you can feel. Challenge yourself to discover that. One of the things that I like to do is an audio mindfulness exercise, which is basically you close your eyes, just start to breathe, center yourself, and challenge yourself to see what is the furthest sound you can hear. What's the furthest away sound? It's easier in warmer weather to get really interesting sounds because if you have your windows open because it's warm out there, you'd be surprised at what you can hear. And then challenge yourself to determine what the closest sound is that you're listening to. Those are just a few things that you can do. And basically, these are just ways that you're centering yourself, you're starting to quiet out that noise, and then you can move forward from there from a, a better place, from a place of sage. So, um, Lori, do you do any mindful practice or, um, you know, what are, your, what are your thoughts on these kinds of things? Okay, so my mindful practice is actually I belong to a wellness center and I escape to that center because, again, I've been working from home for myself for more than 13 years. My walls close in on me. I've got laundry. I can get up and stretch and see dirty dishes to be done. Um, I was distracted by the news playing constantly for the last you know few years with COVID and chaos. <laughs> um, and I just always, I, I do stay on course, but I'm going to my wellness center is kind of like another land. There's a pagoda, there's a beautiful garden, just the smell, you know, um, everything is different. So that is my mindfulness practice. I don't necessarily do anything specific there. Sometimes it's yoga, sometimes it's Tai Chi, sometimes it's just a, a visual escape. And it's nice and close to me. So I think for others, you know, that could be just like a nice walk, a hike, um, taking your dog out. Leslie was at the beach, you know, just kind of stepping away. And I think for entrepreneurs, if you do work from home, and probably most of us do, just escape your space. And and for me, that that does a lot, just an hour away. Yeah, I love that, that visual reframe. Um 
yeah, you've got a lot going on. So sometimes you need to just get out of your space. Some people will go outside and just take your shoes off. Or, or if you're inside, just take your shoes off. Feel your bare feet grounding you. Or go outside and put your feet in the grass if you've got grass outside. Um, it is very, very powerful. Nature has a nice way of helping us get grounded and give us the opportunity to reframe what we're dealing with, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we close out, I want to make sure, you know, any final comments from you, of course, and, you know, this is all about being bold, maybe a last um, empowerment message for the ladies, but also how do we find you? Yeah. Um, thanks, Lori. So being bold, this is what this is all about. Once we quiet down these messages and these feelings of not being good enough or having fear or shame or worry or anger about something. Once we practice that, we get strong, we quiet that down. That helps us propel forward because there should be no reason why we are not going for the things that we want, the things that we know that will serve our life. And I know we have a lot of business people, our businesses. So I would encourage everyone to, from this point forward, be that detective, look for those voices, question those voices. What are the lies they're telling us? And once we've identified them, now move to quieting things down so that you can reframe your life and move forward on the things you need to move forward. Of course, if we had more time, we'd spend it into focusing on all the wonderful untapped powers of our sage brain that helps us show up in our life and in our businesses to the best of our ability so we can live to our potential. This is a great jumping off point for everyone. And if you'd like to learn more, if you'd like uh, an assessment or you're interested in hearing about this incredibly impactful six-week program that has been created that you can participate in, uh, please reach out to me. I am on Clubhouse at Barbara Fonte. I am um, on Instagram and on my website, which is Big Dream Executive Coaching. That's my business, my business coach for Big Dream Executive Coaching. Please reach out, tell me you heard this show and you'd like to learn more and I'd be happy to give you more resources and the opportunity to change your life for the better. And Barbara, there's always time for more. So how about a part two with Barbara Fonte? Uh, yeah, yeah, we could do. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Put together a series, an empowerment series. So I love it. So, you know, to our lady listeners here, you know, stay tuned. We will uh, schedule another show with Barbara. We'll tap into that part two. And I bet a part two even, you know, inspires a part three and we just keep con continuing. That's, that's being bold, right? You know, put it out there and it will come. Barbara says, if we have more time, well, guess what? Time is available. Let's do it. So I appreciate you very much, Barbara. And um, I look forward, I'm going to go ahead and schedule you for another round, if you don't mind. We are going to go ahead and close out this has been the Be Bold Empower Hour for Women Entrepreneurs. And you're listening to 360 Talk Radio for Women. Follow your favorite radio shows by going to our directory at 360talkradio.com. Please download our app from the Apple App Store, 360 for Women, Android coming soon, of course, where you can play our station from your mobile device, tap onto our website, and also follow our social media channels, uh, which is our greater community. Be sure to also connect with our greater Reset for Women 360 community at resetforwomen360.com. 
I'm Lori Carice, and we are signing off. Thank you to our listeners, and thank you to our guests. Until next time, be bold.